Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of the Holy Scriptures, let us open the Bibles and turn to Psalm 72. Psalm 72 is a royal psalm that is written as a prayer of intercession for the king. Most probably it was sung during the time of coronation or a commemoration. Many people have also felt that the psalm has got messianic overtones with many of the prophecies dealing with how Jesus Christ would have a worldwide reign as well. The psalm tells us that a king is ideally supposed to enact God's purposes here on earth to govern with justice and righteousness, finally resulting in shalom or prosperity and peace throughout his domain. Especially touching is the fact that the peace and prosperity shall be measured in terms of the attention that is given to the poor and needy and the people who are oppressed as well. However, many of the ideal qualities that are mentioned in the psalm do not fit any earthly king and ultimately it will be fulfilled only in the final theocratic kingdom where the Lord Jesus Christ will establish his kingdom here on this earth and reign forever and ever. Clearly, we do understand that uh, this psalm is written either by Solomon or for Solomon and we understand that many of these verses are applied literally and explicitly to Solomon as well. We understand that during his reign, Solomon expanded the kingdom of his father David and we see that many of the things that are attributed here to a king is clearly prof uh, prophetic about Solomon as well. The very word Solomon itself means peaceable and we see that uh, the reign of uh, Solomon was characterized by peace and dominion as well. However, we also find that towards the latter half of his reign there was oppression and exploitation of the people and finally the people were refusing to even pledge their loyalty to the crown as we see in 1 Kings chapter 11 and uh, 12 as well. My prayer is that as we go through this psalm, may our hearts be filled with a desire for the kingdom of God to be established here on this earth and let our hearts be filled with a devotion for the perfect king who is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself. The psalm can be divided into the following sections. Verses 1 to 4 talk about a prayer for the just reign of the king and verses 5 to 7 talk about a long and blessed reign for the king and Verses 8 to 11 talk about a worldwide reign of the king and it's a prayer for that. Verses 12 to 14 talk about the fact that the king is a deliverer of the people who are needy. And verses 15 till 17 is a prayer for the fulfillment of divine patriarchal blessing that God had given to Abraham for that to be fulfilled through the life of his king as well. And the psalm finally finishes in verses 18 to 20 with a doxology or a praise and worship to the Lord. Let us look at each of these sections and may the Lord speak his counsel through these words. Verses 1 to 4 talk about a prayer that the people are making for a just reign. And the word of God says, give, your, give the king your justice, O God, your righteousness to the royal son. One of the most touching things that we understand here is that the people clearly saw the king as subservient and inferior to God and it is from God that he receives everything. The authority to reign as well as the qualities of his reign shall be received from God himself. He, the people say here, may he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people and give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. The children of Israel generally saw the king as the viceroy of God or rather he reigns on behalf of God, the realm that is given into his hands. And 
this particular portion of the sam focuses on the social responsibility of the ruler he sees the people see the foundation of their reign to be righteousness and justice and the king is a person who shows his caring and justice to the poor and he understands the people understand that god is the source of all right rule and all the monarchs who are empowered by god are expected to reign over the people so that the people will feel protected the people will feel preserved and the oppressors will be brought to justice and the people who are oppressed will be given deliverance and this shows the covenantal heart of god for a nation whom he saw equally all the people were redeemed equally and god is a lover of the entire nation of israel and god is a lover of humanity and he wants justice and peace and righteousness to reign wherever he reigns as well and the result of such a reign when a king becomes the viceroy of god and reigns on behalf of god with all these qualities the ultimate result of that is that the entire nation will experience a shalom a peace a prosperity a well-being a sense of completeness and wholeness and that is what god wants to establish for israel while he might not have been able to do that because of the rebellion of the people these are the qualities of the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god that he will establish here on this earth as well and that is the reign for which we have to look forward from the perspective of the church these are some of the qualities that god desires in each one of us in the church and through us into the world as well the second part of the sam verses 5 to 7 or uh, sam 72 verses 5 to 7 talk about a prayer for a long and blessed reign and the word says here may they fear you while the sun endures as long as the moon throughout all generations may he be like rain that falls on the mown grass like showers that water the earth in his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till moon be no more the people here are seen to offer a prayer of blessing for the king so that he lives a long life but not just that the reign that he has in the realm of israel let that be a blessing to the people and may his very presence and reign be like the calming cool rain and showers that come to the soil and bring forth abundance and prosperity and peace this is the picture of what god wants to do through every representative of his whether they be reigning in the families whether they be reigning over the church whether they be reigning over the countries and nations the lord wants this kind of a kingdom experience through his children and through his church one of the qualities of a righteous reign is that as we see in verse 7 in his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound one of the qualities of a good reign is that more and more righteous people will flourish and the people who are righteous will flourish and prosper and grow and their company will abound and that is something that we deserve to see in our societies as well in verses 8 to 11 the people are seen to offer a prayer that the reign of this king will be a worldwide reign he says here may he have dominion from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth may desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust may the kings of tarsus and of the coastlands render him tribute may the kings of sheba and seba bring gifts may all kings fall down before him and may all nations serve him one of the characteristics of true peace it also involves freedom and security from domination by foreign oppressors and we see that israel sees herself as surrounded by the nations and kings of the earth and all those enemy nations will finally 
be defeated and the the metaphor that is used there is they will lick the dust before the king meaning they will be completely utterly defeated and they shall bow down before the king and the various nations and the places that are listed below in verses uh, 9 till 10 talk about the breadth and uh, the expansion of the kingdom of uh, god and also the realm of israel that had grown during this period of time and all those places were subservient to the monarch and they had brought tributes and gifts to the land and all the kings are seen to fall down before him and all the nations are seen to serve him truly we understand that this is one of the evidently messianic prophecies which has never been fulfilled in the reign of even david or solomon but we know that this is going to literally happen when the lord shall reign and his kingdom shall be established here and all the nations shall bring their worship and tribute before the lord when he reigns here in jerusalem while that is the prophetic fulfillment of this psalm it is also a time for us to look into ourselves and see if we have made him the lord of our lives have we bowed down before the king of kings and the lord of lords and have we given our tributes our obe- obedience and our submission to him who deserves all honor and he is worthy of all worship verses 12 to 14 focuses on the attributes of the king as a deliverer of the needy verse 12 onwards we read for he delivers the needy when he calls the poor and him who has no helper he has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the life of the needy from the oppression and violence he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight one of the qualities of a righteous ruler is the amount of attention that he has for the people who are marginalized for the people who are oppressed and the, for the people who are poor there are reigns that we see on earth when people who the unrighteous people when they are in power when they are ruling the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and the poor are completely marginalized and there is serious oppression that is happening in society and there is a pet circle of the rulers who seem to gain in power who seem to gain in wealth who see, seem to gain in authority as well however the righteous reign that is portrayed here in verses 12 to 14 is focused on the needs of the needy on the condition of the oppressed on the people who are poor a righteous king will not allow the people on the margins to be oppressed they will he will not allow that oppression to continue but rather he will help them he will rescue them and he will deal very harshly with the people who are the oppressors here these verses suggest that the king's move is going to be beyond the legal aid or a theoretical aid but rather it will be a powerful intervention that will save all the people who are needy and oppressed can you imagine how comforting these words would be to a, a culture in ancient near east in the nation of israel and all the neighboring lands where there was such oppression that was happening such social oppression that was happening but the desire of god was that the realm of israel would be a realm of peace where every person will have enough he'll be contented there will be a property that is divided and given to him there will be rules that are uh, of a beneficial nature in the entire society and the lord wanted every person within that kingdom to experience that peace and shalom personally in verses 15 to 17 of the psalm we see that the focus of the prayer shifts to once again a prayer for the blessing to fall upon the king as well as the nation and here the psalmist says 
Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continuously and blessings invoked for him all the day. We see that this is the characteristic of a nation that has enjoyed a righteous and fruitful reign under a king. So that out of the uh, thankfulness, that gratitude that is there in their heart, they end up blessing the king and praying for the king and bringing tributes to the king as well. Verse 16 says, May there be abundance of grain in the land. On the tops of the mountain may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon. We see that in the time of a righteous reign of a king, God will bless even the agricultural produce and overall fruitfulness of the land itself will be blessed. So much so that there will be an abundance of grain in the land. And even on the top of the mountains where no man has climbed up that mountain in order to sow and reap, even on those places, the Lord will supernaturally cause a great abundance and a great harvest. It will be so abundant that the winds will cause that harvest to wave. And that's a beautiful picture of double fruitfulness that we see here. Indeed, I'm reminded of the time that uh, the nation of Israel was formed in 1948. And we see that after that, at that point of time, the entire realm of Israel was an arid desert land. It was almost like a wasteland. However, they systematically started nourishing that land and they started investing in agriculture. They started performing agriculture according to the latest techniques there. And God blessed all those efforts and that nation has turned into such a fruitful and blessed land. Indeed, when we walk according to the commands of God, the Lord commands his blessing upon the works of our hands as well. And we see that in verse 16, second part, where he says, May people blossom in the cities like grass of the field. Meaning, there is an overall abundant life that is shown here, not just in terms of the numbers, but in the quality of life that seems to have increased under the righteous reign of the king who is ruling. Verse 17 says, the blessing says, May his name endure forever, his fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him and all nations call him blessed. And that verse, in verse 17 we see that is emblemic of the Abraham's blessing that was given, the covenantal blessing that was given to Abraham. And the ultimate blessing that the people are blessing this king with is, May the life, the blessings that came to Abraham be fulfilled through your life. And we know indeed that ultimately in the person of Jesus Christ, there is that prophetic fulfillment of that blessing of Abraham that was given, uh, that was continued through the nation of Israel as well. Throughout the whole Psalm 72, we see that the ultimate purpose of the monarch in terms is in terms of the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for the whole creation. God is a God who starts off with a person through Abraham. He expands his uh, desire and will and purpose for the entire family of or the nation of Israel. And then through them, he goes and reaches the entire world and the entire creation because his love is all encompassing. And the Sam literally comes to an end, remembering that fulfillment of the great promise of God. Verses 18 to 20 is written in the form of a benediction or a doxology. And there we read, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen. Today, dearly beloved, when we look back on these verses, we know that Lord indeed is blessed. There is none who has done great and marvelous works as him. How he has 
effected salvation for each one of us through that perfect work on the cross at Calvary. He alone deserves all glory and honor and praise. And here we read, blessed is his name, glorious name forever, and the whole earth will be filled with his glory. We are now called to be the children of God who are filled with his glory, filled with his presence. And through us, the Lord wants the glory of the kingdom of God to reach out to the ends of the earth. And that is why the church has been given a missional task, a commission, a great commission has been given so that we can reach out to the people and encompass the people and bring them towards the kingdom of God and lead them towards Christ Jesus himself, through whom we receive that eventual covenantal promises of God and that is the purpose of the psalm and that is what the psalm reminds us of. May the Lord help us and bless us through the meditation of these verses.